0: Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Crumpfield, shotgun, claps his hands, fires on the far side, it's caught by Ricky White to the five, still on his feet, he's in for a touchdown! Wow! What an effort by White, he did a pirouette and got into the end zone. Quick throw, Renfro at the 39, backs out of it, goes forward, he's hitting the ball, fumbled again! It's Murphy down the far sideline, and Arizona scores to win it in overtime! Asia's gonna dribble it across half court, the ball is in the air, the Las Vegas Aces have won their very first
0: WNBA championship! It's time for Cofield and Company, with Steve Cofield,
1: ESPN Las Vegas. Weekend of mixed results for Las Vegas sports teams, Raiders, Aces, UNLV. All the calls there from their networks. Willard Ramirez is here on a Monday. Here is Twin Peaks on Eastern. This is our spot for Monday night football game. Tonight, games. Games. 4:15. 530. Eagles, Vikings. Bills, Titans. Mateo's here back in our Finley Toyota studios. His Busy day today. Mondays are always busy, but we come off a uh, world championship with the Aces. We'll get to that in just a little bit. A disappointing, weird, perplexing day yesterday. Gut punch for the fans. Punch in the face for Kyler Murray. So we'll get to all that. And then uh, UNLV Rebels, nice job on Saturday, planting a flag that they may actually have a season here. And now we've got some expectations around. UNLV football. Let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So we come out of the gates with good Monday night football double tilt. Yeah. Should we give picks early? No. What's the better game? Vikings-Eagles, Bills-Titans?
2: Vikings-Eagles.
1: I think Bills-Titans.
2: Yeah, you
1: would. I think Titans will make a game of this.
2: It's, even if they make a good game of it. The Vikings-Eagles are going be right.
1: better. Doing an up-and-down hand motion. Yeah, yeah. All sports, right? Mm. Bills with a smashing start. A little extra layoff. We'll see if they're focused, eye on the prize. You know, we saw with college football over the weekend, teams all over the place. Upsets galore. Blowouts here and there. It's hard to stay focused every week, and uh, I think the Titans will play a good one against the Bills. You're right, though. V, uh, Vikings-Eagles is a very good game. And we'll see if both of these offenses are as good as they showed a week ago. Very intriguing because uh, the, the two quarterbacks here you got Kirk Cousins with Kevin O'Connell, right? A lot of offside there. And can Jalen Hurts really be an efficient passer in addition to being, you know, a 60,
2: 70 yard per game guy on the ground? Generally speaking, uh, it's intriguing that you said that to me because when I was writing early this morning about. Vikings, Eagles. now you talking about the offenses? I think it's going to be a highly physical, volatile defensive game where everyone expects a high scoring game. I like it under. Really? Yeah. I think because this is the type of game where you, so the mindset is there. So what do you have to do? You never go in. I, I just don't think, especially week two, you go in thinking, let's outshoot that team. It's what did we see from last week? What did the Vikings do against Green Bay, right? How do we stop that team? Vikings, going into Philly, raucous crowd, crazy atmosphere. How do we slow down Jalen Hurts? They're coming in with how to stop the opposition, and I think we're going to see a physical first half. We may see a lit third or fourth quarter, but I like it under. So oh, we weren't supposed to get picked, but there's my tease for my best bet out of the four.
1: Raiders collapsed second half yesterday. <clears throat> Uh, I was in the stands watching the game. We'll get to that later on. You weren't well, the guy that hit Kyler, no. What was it like? What was it like watching the collapse in the second half? And did you see it coming at all after a first
2: half when the Cardinals just looked putrid? I didn't see it coming out of the shoot. I saw it coming when they scored their first points of the game with what was it six something left in the third quarter. In my mind, I was and here was the thing. I I was one of the the media members up there that was a little distracted at the time by the Aces game because my colleague Greg Beecham was in town from covering Canelo Triple G the night before, so he had the lead, right? There's always two AP guys – AP reporters, I should say – in the press box for an NFL game. I had the sidebar story. So I knew that I could – sort of pay attention to what was going on in Connecticut so I had my eye on that then I look up and I'm like and I had this media site up so I'm following play by play I'm watching the game when I can I'm seeing and I'm going what are the Raiders doing? what's going on? then all of a sudden I see and I'm watching Kyler Murray perform I'm seeing how they're moving the ball then they score late in the third Raiders haven't done anything yet said to myself, this is going to be ugly. This is—I I, Did I think it would go down the way that it did? No, but I certainly saw that they were going to make a game of it. I saw it. I felt it coming because the productivity disappeared. And I'm looking, checking the media site that we use, uh, that the NFL provides, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be one of those. This is going to be one of those Raiders finish, finishes that my guy, Josh Dubow tells me that used to tell me about writer well, from the AP? Yeah. Up in the Bay Area, Raiders, Willie, don't just wait. Be Don't don't write your lead until all zeros are across the board. Kyler Murray's amazing because the
1: up-and-down nature of his play, he can look terrible, and then at other times he's impossible to defend because you don't know what the hell is going on. I'm going to blow everyone's mind here, and I'm going to go back in the uh, – maybe not everyone's mind because I'm going to go back in the, the way back machine, right? Yeah. We have – we don't. Lots of people have a lot of difficulty doing crossover comparisons when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. right Kyler Murray watching him yesterday, was like watching when we were kids really more NFL films a few years later, was like watching the highlight Benny Hill music like plays from Fran Tarkenton. Yeah right. Remember how many plays you saw in NFL films and when you watch the games and you just run around twisting like you know, the plays are 18, 24, 28 seconds long. There were plays yesterday where you're like, what is going on? Man, that one run where he was running all over the place, and then all of a sudden he sees an opening to the left, and he juts to the left corner, Mm -hmm. you know, to the pylon, and you just see the Raiders' defense is like, my God, this play is still happening. And as he moved towards the three-yard line, you see Devon Devon Diablo coming to the shot, and he's just gassed. Like yes, there's no chance he's going to chase down Kyler Murray, which also speaks to Kyler Murray's running ability, one, his escape ability, two, but also his endurance. Because while guys are freaking gassed, he's, zoom right to the corner. And that was one of many plays where you're like, this is a nightmare. This is a total nightmare for this Raiders team.
2: For those unaware, the reference point: Fran Tarkenton was sorry, old, old school that, quarterback, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, old school quarterback, and who was with the Minnesota Vikings. But this was probably the first quarterback who sort of had the label of being the scrambling quarterback, right? There, I mean, there was a biography about him called "Better Scramble Than Lose," and this was a guy who finished with over thirty-two hundred rushing yards, which back then. Was a big deal. He was the quarterback opposite Roger Staubach when the when the uh, phrase "Hail Mary" was coined. The famous pass at Metropolitan Stadium, Staubach to Pearson. So Tarkenton was known. And you're right; it was that was what was amazing. I thought that last year's Monday Night Opener, watching Lamar Jackson in that game, that the Raiders won in overtime, was unreal. But. Yesterday, was it was wild to watch him perform. Overtime, what a change of emotions,
1: right? You're moving the ball nicely. I loved what... Tarkenton, check that. I loved what Tarkenton, what Josh McDaniels was doing in terms of trying to get into good field position. There's nothing that infuriates me more at the end of games, overtime or regulation, when coaches play for long field goals. We saw that with the Broncos last week. A 54-yarder, I don't care how good Daniel Carlson is, Mm. try to get the ball to a manageable area where it's more of a, for kickers now, a chip shot, something along the lines of an extra point, you don't have to play conservative. They were doing everything right. Hey, Cardinals roll the dice, and I—I I don't know if I agree with it. Maybe I'm results-based thinking here, but they go for around fourth and one in overtime from the you know from the thirty-seven. They don't get it. Raiders are all set up. You're going to win. You're going to win. That's it. Cardinals couldn't score. All you got to do is kick a field goal. You're moving down the field. I thought they ran a really nice play. Really nice play. Right to Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. And then he just just got popped. You know, and may have may have had it flash too. On the hit. He fumbles it, and then there's no one else in the area to stop the scoop and score. I mean, just it that couldn't even be in the realm of possibilities as you're rolling downhill
2: to go get a game winning field goal. It's unbelievable that it happened. Yes, I like the idea of what he was trying to do to get maybe into better field position. I just don't know about the play calling when
1: you don't
2: like it? Well, I You just want to run it off the gut? Well, I you went up three straight yarder? pass, please. I mean, give Josh a give, I mean, he was he was he was running with, you know, in deliberate fashion in the first half. I felt like he, you know, the, he looked pretty good for for for, for some blue collar yards. And in that situation when you have your you when you can put maybe pull maybe do a double tight end set you got Hunter Renfri, you got Devontae Adams. You have the Cardinals leery of what you're going to do. Give Josh Jacobs a chance to to gain some yards while you have their defense sort of spread out a little bit. They didn't even take. He didn't even take a shot with that. And as it was, you know who knows what would happen. But if ands, and butts. Yeah. Merry Christmas, candies it's, and nuts. You know. It's, I, it's a loss.
1: It's an 0-2 start. I couldn't believe the note when I read it that the Raiders have never started 0-2 in a season and made the playoffs. That's incredible because it doesn't seem like an insurmountable hill to climb, but they've never done it before. Fans are mad. In fact, it looks like one lashed out at Tyler Murray. We'll get to Derek Carr's play in the game. We'll get to the defense's play in the game. All today up until 5 o'clock as we get out of the way for the second Monday Night Football game tonight here at Twin Peaks on Eastern. Happy hour going on right now. Big beers under four bucks. Domestic draft three seventy five. Select appetizers two, four, and six bucks. This is the spot with Willie Ramirez to watch Monday Night Football. Two games. Twin Peaks.
0: Wednesdays. It's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. It's six p.m. right here on ESPN
1: Las Vegas. Second and ten. Quick
2: pass outside, and that is complete. That is Moro for yardage the ball is loose again Uh picked up by the Cardinals this is Byron Murphy
1: to the end zone for the touchdown and the win hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football it's Cofield and Company man it's one thing to start 0-2 but it's the way the Raiders have started 0-2 that call there from Gumble on CBS You know, sloppy game in week one, and even chances down the stretch. They had like five chances to score in the uh, third and fourth quarter. The Raiders did against the Chargers, and then yesterday you're cruising and then foot off the gas pedal, and Kyler Murray's a freaking lunatic out there. He's he's the the man of mystery, the man of backyard football. By the way, we're going to talk to uh, Frank Sanders, former receiver with the Cardinals, going to ask him about Kyler as a quarterback. It's always an interesting discussion with wide receivers, you know, what sort of quarterbacks they like. But wild day, fans just completely deflated, and that play was totally insane, totally insane. You're moving in the right direction. You're setting up a better field goal attempt, and a guy who's completely reliable at Hunter Renfro fumbles, fumbles. You get a scoop and score. Do we know what is going on with Renfro from a health standpoint?
2: Is he all right? We don't. And before we – I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. But I tend to think that the way that you just said that is a little you – know, well, he's normally reliable. But, I mean, immediately after that, from what we were told, he was being looked at for a concussion. So if he got rocked, it's going to be – you know, uh, the the, the, the ball is going to jar loose. Now, today um, – Josh McDaniels, when was asked for an update, he said, I don't have one. It was the exact same sort of quick retort. No, I don't have an update on that, that we got on Andre James. I think when it comes to concussions, coaches are just told straightforward. Like, you know, if it was a knee or an ankle or, you know, something to that, then you'd be like, you know, we're doing testing, we're doing this, he's going through this, whatever. But when it comes to concussions, head, I think that there's just straightforward, leave it to, you know, Wait till the medical report makes it – because wait, I think that there's a lot more involved. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he fum- – the thing was is he fumbled two uh, – what, the play before, two plays before, whatever it was, and then and Foster Moreau got in there and he come out emerging with the ball. Kind of reminded me of the scene from – the way that he emerged from the pack and held it up reminded me of Petey and remember the Titans. Remember when the ball came out and then all of a sudden he comes up and he's holding the ball? Everybody goes crazy. Uh it was the same thing. You know, Foster Moreau emerges from you, and then they got new life, and then all of a sudden another fumble, and the rest is history. What do you say to Raiders fans up on Twitter who are like,
1: man, this guy McDaniel stinks, same old Raiders? I, not, not my thoughts, but I saw a lot of that yeah, after two games this season.
2: I. <laughs> you say it's only two games into the season. Nate Hobbs, pump, pump, we asked, pump the, pump the We asked Nate Hobbs yesterday in the locker room. He said, I've seen a lot of Super Bowl champions that had two losses in the regular season, if not three, four, five, you know, basically saying, what was the last perfect team? Miami Dolphins. The Patriots went undefeated. They didn't win the Super Bowl one season. So he said, you know, I've seen a lot of Super Bowl champions, and they had losses. They may have started out, whatever. So
1: um, I'm always amazed by the – the former players who are in the media on TV shows and radio shows, listen, I understand we're supposed to have, you know, whacked out takes here and there, but it, it, it's sort of absurd for players to do it. I heard uh, the Barts today, the uh, New York sports talk show. Yeah. That's on national, mm-hmm. and it, we run it here on ESPN Las Vegas, and they were like basically writing off the Raiders for the season. I think it's two games.
2: You know what? I will say this to Raiders fans if you're listening. If the national pundits, national voices, if they're writing the Raiders off for the season, chalk that up. Chalk that up to like, hey, that's a good sign. Keep doubting because that's going to infuriate even more because they're going to they're most they're more likely going to hear those guys. than they are you Raiders fans on Twitter, us local. They're they're hearing that because it's going to get back to them. When you walk out of the Raiders locker room at the facility out in Henderson, there's two video boards on the walls as you walk out, right? On the left and the right side of this big opening. In the top half of the video board is the schedule for the day, literally, right? 7.15, 7.30, 7.45, 7.00, whatever. And at the bottom are graphics with quotes, mainly bulletin board materials. So like last week, it was all Cardinals. It was in Cardinal red. Cardinal graphics, cardinal quotes. Raiders fans, if you're hearing that like the Barts, embrace it. Breathe easier when you're hearing that because that just means that's ludicrous. You can't write anything off two weeks into the season. They're bad losses. They're horrible. They're terrible. One game they could have won it at the end. One game they definitely should have won it after a strong first half. Now, we continue to see these mistakes. It's a problem, but it's two weeks in. It's bad. It's bad. Yesterday was horrible, but relax. And hey, by the way, going into the season, going into last season, right with the NFC West, wasn't Arizona supposed to be like a contender, a dangerous team with Kyler Murray?
1: I picked them to make. You weren't on that day, but I picked them to make the playoffs. Okay,
2: so relax.
1: Believe me, as I was sitting there watching the game in the first half, I'm like, "What did I do?" I'm like, "They look terrible." Right. So, but then, but then you see it now, and. Again, let's remind people, the back end of their defense is their beat to hell, too. Yeah. So they're a little hamstrung right now with injuries. But then the second half, you see why the Cardinals can be good, because that dude alone, Kyler Murray, can lift them up to heights where, you know, freaking a quarter before, they look like hell, and then all of a sudden, they're back in a the game.
2: There's a reason why, when we're talking about quarterback lists, and after you get past the Power Five, whatever, whatever we're calling them, the Elite Five, the Top, whatever, that you know, okay, is Derek Carr in the top twelve? Somewhere in that mix, hey, guess what? Kyler Murray's in there, guys, and and I uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I believe that Kyler Murray probably would fall among because of his dual threat, his legs, his youth. Is probably a better overall athlete than Derek Carr. So, uh, pump the brakes. The Cardinals are supposed. So far, the Raiders have lost to two teams that are supposed to make the playoffs.
1: You ready for some overreaction? I saw someone. Um, I mean, I think this is real. At Raiders Lakers on Twitter. There's a picture of a bunch of holes in the wall. Looks like someone punched and kicked holes in the wall. My wife is pissed at me, and the kids are crying right now just because I scared them when I punched and kicked the wall repeatedly, all because the Raiders lost and continued to disappoint me every season. I can't stop shaking. I might vomit. I get the feeling this might be a troll. I would also take the picture down before CPS comes over. With the story you're telling, you look like a very violent, out-of-control individual. I'm looking Uh, at
2: that timeline. Raiders like it. Is this uh a... Vegas Raider?
1: Not, not important. Yeah, oh. Raiders,
2: Lakers. It's oh, not important.
1: Raiders. Just trust me, it's there. Um, another one. Actually, one of our new hosts on uh, Fox Sports Radio, 1340 and eight nine FM, 9 a.m. show on Saturdays, uh, Mikey, said, McDaniels falling flat on his face is further proof. It was Tom Brady who made the Patriots dynasty. So now McDaniels can't coach, and it was all Brady. Not Belichick or McDaniels, all Brady.
2: Hmm. I didn't know Brady was calling the plays all that time. I didn't know he, you know, I didn't know he was bringing in the different components that made up that offense through through so many years. Different running backs, different stable of receivers. I, I, I didn't know that. McDaniel stinks. So, so basically, so according to these guys, so according to this guy, what that tells us is what, Steve? Tom Brady is the next coach of who? The Patriots, the Bucks, or the Raiders? I don't know. Who do you want to see him coach? Nobody. I think he's I gonna want, be too busy. He's not gonna get 30, He's he not wants gonna to get 30, 30, He's
1: not gonna get thirty-seven million dollars a year to coach, which is what he's getting, getting yeah. from TV once yeah. he leaves. I don't want the to see field.
2: him coach any. What I want him to see him do is raise his kids and and, and be happy with his family and straighten that out because that'll be a mental health travesty.
1: Three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Let's give away two tickets to Seven O Brew Oktoberfest and it's Oktoberfest here in town starting. September 29th at the Orleans a 4-day festival we've got tickets to 70 Brew October you can grab your tickets at ticketmaster.com but Ari's got a pair right now Two tickets call or seven three six four eleven hundred 1100 for 70 Brew October starting September 29th at the Orleans
0: Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter. You know, this is going to be the first franchise ship to be brought to Las Vegas with this you know, okay. these Aces, you know, I'm predicting it. We're okay. going to bring it home to Vegas. So, no, nah, I'm just going to bring the energy, man. And, you know, the Aces game is always a good time. It's a lot of fun. And I'm just going to make it even more fun. Yeah!
1: Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Colefield and Company. Uh, Lil' John's so awesome. There is not an appearance he makes in front of a mic where he doesn't do it. Yeah! That's not that good. That's why he makes big bucks. His yeah is special. Willie, nice job! Nice job getting the uh, prediction out of Little
2: John. That was fun. He he was doing his rehearsal. They were having a little audio issue, and he had come over and I was like, "Hey, uh, John, you know, um, can, can, can can I grab you?" you know, I introduced myself and I was like, "You know, I, I've been covering the Golden Knights since day one, so you know, I see you over there all the time. It's good to see you." You know, can I grab you for a, just? And he goes, "Real quick, man, I got to go upstairs. I got to get." He's like very low key. I know it's not yeah. not what I expected yeah. him to sound like. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm pretty just being yeah mode I mean, all, all the time. Well, he's figured he he builds up to that, but even when he's talking without the without the video going, yeah. it's yeah yeah no whatever you need, bro I just I gotta go upstairs and get ready. Get I fired get, up. I gotta get ready for the show. So, and then, as soon as I turn it on, he yep got his eyes twer uh, twinkling and he got going and he was cool. He was cool and the crowd loved it. They did it. They did it.
1: I thought they'd have to come back home play game five tomorrow to get it done? I did, too. I was you mess-
2: wanted to see it. No. You wanted to see it here. Well, here's the thing. I was messaging with Courtney Williams from the Connecticut Sun the night before. There's three players on the Connecticut Sun that were in Athletes Unlimited. Not You know, as an objective bystander, I'm not pulling for either team. Now, when it comes to an old-school Vegas guy, of course I'd like to see a championship for my city. On the whole, as a professional – and someone who's been doing something since two Wednesdays ago, whether it's driving down here, driving to the Raiders Facility, driving to a, a game, whatever. I'm glad to have tomorrow off. Otherwise, I would be going through next Monday's show here. I'd be at something other than Sunday. So it was. A, it, it's been a long few weeks. Um, so there was a, there was a lot of, lot of uh, mixed reaction, mixed emotion. But I did think overall that Connecticut was going to force Game Five. I just felt that they needed the way that they won. Even if it fired the Aces up, they needed that to build their confidence, remind themselves of what they're capable of doing at both ends of the court. I thought it would be as close as it was. You know, let's – hey, let's not take away from – you know, it's great to brag, hey, the Aces did it, they pulled it off, so on and so forth, but Connecticut put up – this was a dang good finals. Arguably, going into yesterday, the Connecticut Sun outplayed the Las Vegas Aces in two of the three games. They held the Aces to 67 points in game one. The Aces had to pull through to win that game. Yes, the Aces played great in game two and sort of showed their ability, but Connecticut knocked them around in game three. So it's, it's very easy to say Connecticut on the whole, strategically, it was their tempo, their, you know, they outplayed the Aces from start to finish in two of the three games. The Aces found a way to win. In the first two, so and it was a very good game four. As I said, watching the game, trying to keep an, keep an eye on it, watching the Raiders collapse. I, you know, it, it was it was. I don't think that you could have asked for a better finals um, outside of a fifth game. I don't think that you could have asked for better. Um, ambassadors for the league in terms of the characters that were involved, the different personalities that were involved, um, you know, in, in branding this 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 league. Um, and I think that it's nothing but up. And you know what? With what Becky Hammond's done um, and Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart in, in the previous series, but people like like, like John Quayle Jones, right, she kind of takes a back seat to these names, but she was last year's MVP. She's the one that you're seeing in commercials with – you know, for, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, right? So she's the one in the court. So um, overall, I think the postseason was fantastic. The farewell for Sylvia Fowles and, and Sue Bird and Brianne January and names like that. I mean, overall, this was a monumental year, it being the 25th anniversary of the WNBA.
1: The Las Vegas Aces won the WNBA championship. Yeah. Now, say what you want. The, the game started at 4 o'clock. Yeah, that's tough. It was on ABC,
2: but 4 o'clock. Can we ask people who watched it?
1: I I mean I'm a basketball junkie, but even I couldn't possibly. You're gonna start it at
2: the four o five games, the Juices game,
1: the witching hour at three o'clock, right? It's like red zone. Your head is spinning with the comebacks
2: and all the crazy stuff happening.
1: The Barts on ESPN I national. Know. It is a fair question. Why did they play two Sunday games against the NFL?
2: Okay, because let's I, we did this. I understand. So we're gonna refresh it. You know, anyway, we
1: actually never did it. Yeah, we were going to talk about it last week, and and I wanted you to answer the question, because I heard them talking about it this morning. I think it's a really
2: fair question. It is. Going against the NFL is tough. It is. But here's the thing. If you post, if you go, well, let me just preface this by saying, if you go to any of the WNBA posts, for instance, Tom Brady tweeted to Kelsey Plum and the Aces. said, let's go, right? If you read the responses, half of them are hateful. Half of them are, who's watching? Oh, that league's still going? So, to compare what Bart's saying, the Bart's are saying, like, the comebacks of the NFL. Guess what? 75% of NFL fans, they already don't like the WNBA. They wouldn't be tuning in anyway. Touche. The people that are going to watch the die, the diehard fans that are going to want to watch that game, I'm covering the Raiders game and I'm watching the WNBA. I wasn't covering that game today, or yesterday. The people that wanted to watch it, the WNBA fans that are dialed in, those that are the built-in audience, they're already watching that game. Whether you care about the WM, if you don't, then you're not watching it anyway. Now, as far as scheduling is concerned, tomorrow the World Cup starts, the FIBA World Cup. We just had USA Basketball here in town. So, they needed to plan accordingly. That's why Game 5 would have been tomorrow on Day 1 of the World Cup. Why'd they do them on Sundays? Because they're not going to get ABC or ESPN against college football when they already have contracts with college football. So who's not on ESPN on Sundays? Football. Built-in audience. They have already got their own audience, the WNBA. It made perfect sense because the viewership is up this season. Those diehard fans were going to tune in. It was not a bad move. It's what they had to do and a reminder. The finals were actually moved up roughly a month because of the World Cup. so it would have been later anyway.
0: Steve Sears' Bikini Tug of War is this Wednesday at the Plaza Pool. Cofield and Company will be live from 3 to 6.
1: We played two close games to start the season, and that's not abnormal. You know, this league is about close games, and executes well at the end uh, usually uh, give themselves a better chance to win you know it requires you to do hard things well under pressure if you want to win in this league and that's what we're going to focus on trying to do better
0: you're listening to Cofield and Company live at
1: Twin Peaks You know, we always try to get a former player from the team that the Raiders played on Sunday, and I fully expected Willie at halftime. When we talked to Frank Sanders, the former Cardinal, Be are like, well, you know, he can help us wrap up what was a terrible day for the Cardinals, and then all of a sudden everything changes in the second half. A 16 nothing fourth quarter for the Cardinals, and then a scoop and score in overtime. The NFL is crazy. Frank Sanders is up with Steve and Willie here in Vegas. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Look, you're <laughs> what you was ready to do i was ready to go along exactly with yes. you i had
0: a morning procession we had a funeral arrangement getting ready to go like I had to ordered the flowers it was already going to be a dismal situation after the first half of what we had saw but then at the second half things changed and we started ordering cakes balloons and <laughs> we ordered a bartender and and it just got DJ. wild i apologize for
1: that that's crazy you don't have to apologize to us it's for Raiders fans, it was a friggin' gut punch. I mean, just just awful. What did you see that changed at the half, and really not even at the half? Like, middle of the third quarter, the Cardinals were finally able to get it going. What changed?
0: You know, honestly, a couple plays here. Uh, Gregory Dortch kept the, drive around, kept, the drive around, kept the drive alive a little bit. Um, and then you guys were three and out for the most part. It wasn't like it was in the first quarter. First quarter you guys, first half of the game, you guys kind of dominated, moved the ball down the field. Got first downs, kept them kept kept everything going. Hollinson was making a lot of plays that kept the drive going. Uh in the second half, we saw the Cardinals do the same thing. Gregory George started getting first downs, keeping the drive alive. Uh it wasn't. We start fighting the little little first downs here and there on third and fourth. Um, and then we kind of got like a kind of got a foot, kind of set and in, in a good position. Uh the guys on the defense seemed like they got a little tired uh, because they started having to deal with a longer drive. Cardinals start going on eleven play drives, twelve play drives, different than it was in the first half, and uh, kept the defense on the field, kept the offense off, and started making some plays and start scoring some touchdowns.
1: Former star
2: Cardinals wide receiver Frank Sanders with us, Frank. So I got to ask you, you know, on one side of the ball, when penalties start mounting, it can sort of you know deflate a team. With the Raiders six of the ten penalties affected significant plays or drives. Can that also fuel the team in which it's benefiting, or is it more deflating for the team it's affecting?
0: Uh, you know, honestly, it kind of goes both ways. It just depends on how you... If you can take advantage of those things, correct, right? You know, if you can take advantage of them, you tend to kind of feel like, okay, now we, 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 we got we got, a, we got a second win. You know, if it was third down or something and we got a penalty and it was able to keep the drive going, that's the second win, so now we get a whole new set of downs. Uh, but on defense, if you feel like if you're on an 11 play, let's say you're on an eight play drive, and then you know you just need three, you just need this one third down and out, so we can get the you know we can get we can get the offense back on the field, and then you had to get a penalty, a dumb penalty, and then you look around like what happened. Uh, it does it kind of both ways depending on the scenario, and l- looking at what happened yesterday, the Cardinals honestly just took advantage of those extra plays, an extra drive. Um, And then it also gave them a little bit of life where they can, you know, Cliff can keep trying to figure out what plays is, what's working. Tyler can kind of scramble a little bit. The RPO can become a factor. Um, And then we can start attacking certain guys on, you know, in certain positions and it just, the way it kind of worked out. But in reality, that, that the game, the way the game played out, brother, was just really, um, it wasn't pretty the entire game. You know, you just got to tell her two halves. One half, the Raiders dominated. And then the second half, the Cardinals just took advantage of a lot of the penalties that they they end up giving to the Cardinals,
2: uh, Frank, did you say scramble a little bit? Because that dude ran. I mean, that is a that was some impressive scrambling. I tell you what, uh, in, in, including the the two point, he ran for eighty four point nine yards on a one specific scramble.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, right? But well, that's Kyler. I mean, like, it's, uh, I think this is what's happening with the Kyler Murray effect, though, right? We're talking about a guy that's been in NFL for three years. He's a two-time pro bowler already. And in his three years, he's already accumulated 70 touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns that no quarterback in NFL history has already done. Former Heisman Trophy winner and a newly awarded 200 and something million dollar guy. So we know that we have a special talent in Kyler. Um, but I think he's starting to figure out what, is, what it takes to win NFL football games with his legs and what it takes to realize how teams are trying to stop him. That play was absolutely something we've seen before, and sometimes when he tries to do it, it doesn't work. It just so happened that it worked on that end. I actually like the defense that the Raiders were playing. I thought running three, drop, uh, pressing, putting three men on the line to give them a little pressure, dropping eight in the windows would cause a lot of confusion. I thought that was great. Some quarterback panic. And I think that's just we, we we got a little chance to see a hint of the maturity process of Kyler waiting for things to develop because he used his legs, but in reality, that's something that I thought the Raiders' defense was actually pretty good. Um, but he just kind of made it play, and that's why he's Kyler Murray, and I'm Frank Sanders.
2: <laughs> well, and so just to put into perspective, the 84.9 yards he covered in that two-point conversion, there were seven football players credited with rushing yards. None of them had more than 69 yards. Wow!
1: Wow! That is a crazy number.
2: I wanted to ask you, Frank,
1: as a as a former receiver, because I heard, I think it was Keyshawn who commented on running quarterbacks, um, you know, kind of freestyling and having to get open. And Keyshawn said, as a bigger guy, he would, you know, he always liked playing with the quarterback who was just going to get the ball out. He didn't. Have, there's no scramble drills. What did you prefer? Because you were a good sized guy as well. I mean, it's hard on the receivers to have to, you know, keep running around trying to get open for Kyler Murray. I literally
0: went to college with one intent. I wanted a quarterback that couldn't run. <laughs> I'm not running these routes to have you run behind me and block. I'm not here to block. My title and my job title is a receiver. You throw the, you're a quarterback, you throw the ball, I catch the ball, I make stuff happen. Nothing about my title says I'm a blocker. I'm not a fullback, I'm not an offensive lineman. I'm with Keyshawn, throw me the damn ball. Stay in the pocket. That's me. <laughs> I don't want a quarterback that's running, but I think that's just the way of the NFL right now, guys. And I think that uh, you know sometimes it works in your, uh, you know, works for your good. And and as a receiver, I run in these routes. I want you to throw the ball three, four steps. Throw it, get it out your hand. You know that's that's my mindset.
1: This was such a massive win for the Cardinals. You, you can't start zero and two, especially with Rams on the way at Panthers, home Eagles. Uh, what, Saints and Vikings, uh, a little bit after that. I mean, this schedule is brutal, first eight weeks of the season.
0: Look, we, we were definitely heading that way. I was nervous. The Cardinals had uh, none of the players played in preseason, none of the starters that we've seen in the last two weeks played in the preseason. So we kind of feel like these guys are kind of going through the preseason and getting their legs under them. It would have been an ugly thing for the Arizona Cardinals to go into the, getting ready to play the Rams at home. Unfortunately, guys, the Cardinals have been 0-6 in the last home game, so they have not won at the house at all. And then they played the defending, the defending, you know, Super Bowl champs, it would have been, uh, it would have been a serious uh, conversation on, you know, contract negotiating. What, why did we sign Cliff for longer terms? We'd have had a bunch of question marks. You know, the kind of conversation that they're having about the Raiders right now, unfortunately. When you lose in the NFL, that's, that's the narrative. And the Cardinals, it would have been very tough. This win right here has done, it's uh, given life to the valley. I mean, I'm talking about the fans that support the Arizona Cardinals here in Arizona, in, in the Valley of the Sun, and also to the locker room. It's a big win because we know that when we look at the Raiders and we say that the Raiders are one of the top NFL teams with the names of the guys that you guys have on there: Adams, Carr, um, you know, Wallace, Crosby, Jones, Jacobs, and, you know, and you. We felt like you guys, and then also with a new head coach that have won multiple Super Bowls, we felt like this was going to be a very big challenge, just as it was when we played in the Kansas City Chiefs. And, look, to come away to win, to figure out how to come out, you know, come away to win at the end, you know, in Vegas, uh, that's a big win for the Arizona Cardinals. And, I, and, and I'm pretty sure I've been on that side of the table, a very tough loss for the, for the, for the Raiders.
1: Former NFL receiver Frank Sanders up with Cofield and Company Is we're live at... Twin Peaks. So, what would you say to Raiders fans who are ready to freaking jump ship? They're unhappy with Carr. They're mad at McDaniels. What do you tell them? You know what? You got a new coach, and
0: everyone's trying to figure out how to how this thing plays out. Um, I believe in your coach because he's a Super Bowl champ. Um, I believe in your your veteran leadership that you have there. This is me as a former player. I would love to have been on that on that, you know on the Raiders sideline as a, as a as a player um, because I believe that your coach and your quarterback has the skill set to get you guys to the next level. Look, honestly, the Cardinals got away with a win. They didn't they – didn't, I mean, they, they fought hard and got away with a win. Um, you guys just didn't put us away. But I would say trust in what you, the process of what, uh, what your coach is putting together. Trust in the process you guys got a hell of an offense and a hell of a defense. These guys will get better. A lot of those guys did not play in the preseason, but what you will see is they will understand that this loss um, really revealed some things that these guys need to do. Your secondary is a little young, but your your front four is pretty good. Just hanging with those guys, man. Because honestly, the Raiders right now—you guys are a really great team. And when teams go into the Death Valley, they know they plan for they playing. You know they got to bring their they got to bring the A game. The Cardinals had to bring the A game, and they just they just they just they, they played five quarters instead of four.
1: Did you see what happened with Kyler Murray and a fan? We think a Raiders fan got him with kind of a hammer fist. I don't know if you saw the video of it. Honestly, you know, that's what I just
0: heard. I heard that somebody slapped, um, slapped Kyle at the end of the round. Now, you know what? Honestly, I'm going to be honest. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> that's what a Raider fan is supposed <laughs> well, to do. Well, they shouldn't do I it. To say it.
1: Yeah, oh, well, should. I can't,
0: Look, hey, I'm a fan, and the fans yeah. of the game, when you're a fan of the game, there's a lot of things that you take 100% serious, and it's like it's like one of those life-or-death moments. You shouldn't do it, of course. Right. No one should put hands on anybody. agree with that 100%. But as a Raider fan, and I know what you got, how, how it plays out. Um, they didn't come to lose, and if you're gonna you're gonna talk trash and brag about it, that's what Raiders do, man. They, I've seen, I've been on the football field, brother, at, in Oakland at the Coliseum, and I've seen fights between young people, old people, Raiders dragging people. I've seen a ton of fights when I'm on the football field, so I know how they, I know how the Raiders fans and the Raider Nation take it. Guess what? It happens. Kyle got to get better at what he does. He got to know how to get in the, in the tunnel without talking a lot
1: of trash. Frank Sanders with us, former Cardinals receiver. We got about a minute left. I got to get your comment on your school, Auburn. Oh boy, got blown oh out boy. by Penn State. Harson <laughs> could be out at some point, point. and then close to home, man. We on this show, we really like Herm Edwards, but now Herm is gone. So I'm. Uh, by the way, I'm also seeing people connect Harson to Arizona State. So give me your takes on what just happened at Auburn and also at Arizona State.
0: Look, Auburn was at a look. We was we was in disarray in the off season uh, with Coach Harson. That was a conversation that they were trying to decide if they were going to keep him or not. Right before, just talking, you're talking about January, during a highly recruiting season moment, and they were just trying to discuss if they were going to keep Harson or not and why we were going to fire him. And look, this is a situation where when you come to the SEC, there's a certain level of expectation of your coach, your know, type of leadership and what you bring into the table. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that coach Harson is either half of the full open door policy to be able to come in for four years and change the, change the university at Auburn but the mentality right now is that he's probably not the coach I'm here in, I'm here in Arizona and I know for a fact that the situation that happened with herm Edwards um, is literally not a good situation and a lot of the ASU fans as well as the people in in the right places wanted him to kind of wanted him to go um I'm not mad with Harson coming this way. I think that'd be a good decision on his behalf because it puts him back on the West Coast. It gives him a chance to kind of deal with the students of high schools and, and his recruiting ability to get guys to come back to come back here and to kind of fall into place on the West Coast where he has his name and where he's kind of developed a recruiting a recruiting a, a recruiting name where he can bring guys to ASU. I believe Coach Harson has a good has a good offense and he's probably going to be a great coach. Uh, but right now, coming out of Auburn and what took place this. The last couple of the last six months have not have not been good on his behalf, brother. So um ASU is in a turmoil right now, really. Um, they they lost a lot of players through the through the transfer portal. They didn't they didn't get a whole bunch of guys to come back in, and so right now Hermann was leaving is probably just giving these guys another a breath of life.
1: Frank, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Great interview. I appreciate
0: you guys. You guys have a good one.
1: There he is, Frank Sanders, former Cardinals. Receiver, we're hanging out Twin Peaks. Two Monday Night Football games tonight. You got select appetizers two, four, and six dollars. The full menu is awesome here. Uh, shot specials, bunch of shots for four bucks, and on the big beer, the 22-ouncer domestic drafts, just three seventy-five. Get out here at Twin Peaks on Eastern.